Bordy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Lisa Francesca Nand, and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast, brought to you by WeCure, the leading health tourism provider in the UK. WeCure connects patients seeking dental treatments, aesthetic procedures, and social and mental well-being with internationally accredited medical institutions in Turkey, turning your treatment into a relaxing holiday. And we have an exclusive offer for you. Just head to wecure.co.uk slash bigtravelpodcast to find out more. That's wecure.co.uk your.co.uk slash big travel podcast and now on to today's episode as the presenter of the UK's favourite property programme, A Place in the Sun, Laura has travelled extensively for both work and fun. Laura and I are having a coffee in the new normal in Spain, masks at the ready, and have a lively and interesting conversation about property abroad, bargain cave houses, Greek idols, making tea for Dermot O'Leary, getting stuck in Sri Lanka, nerve-wracking Egyptian taxi rides, galloping around the pyramids in Cairo, skiing after C-sections, becoming a postmistress running the local coffee shop and the surprise revelation about who her father is. Clue, it's in the title. Laura Hamilton is on the Big Travel Podcast. We are here in a cafe. It feels good. Do you feel feel liberated a little bit? I I do. I mean, obviously, it is very, very quiet around here, down where I am in San Pedro Alcantara. But normally, you would battle to get a parking space if you drove out in the car somewhere. And, you know, it's just, it is very empty. And... It, it feels amazing to be here and to be out, and I feel, I've got to say, I feel very safe. Everyone's walking around with their masks on, but at the same time, it feels a little bit sad just like seeing all these shops closed. And it brings me back to, you know, it takes me back to my memories of being part of a place in the sun when I joined the show seven, eight years ago, just coming out of that global, you know, economic downturn, and you know, everything was a bit sad back then. Shops were shut. There were loads of repossessed properties but over the eight last eight years it's it's been bouncing back and you know property markets picked up and shops have opened and it's been bustling and booming and around here Fuengarola you know an area that's really I think kind of have thrived over the last eight years and now I'm looking around and seeing like so many shops closing again and thinking oh no like this this can't this can't happen we're sitting here just off Fuengarola Church Square and we're in a, a churros bar actually we can only 
always have churros and um, does that work on the uh, uh, what's the diet yeah. no on the uh, 16 8 no I just tried to have breakfast but uh, not to have breakfast but um, there's been plenty of wine had late <laughs> evenings here as I'm celebrating our newfound freedom um, but we're sitting opposite a cafe a bar a lovely tapas bar that is now for rent and I was there just a few months ago and I chatted to the guys they were really excited about opening this new place and we actually met them in a bar later and we were talking to them and had a really good conversation and you know now it's closed down and I think there's going to be so many businesses like that but you're right in terms of this place having turned around um, when I, I was you know came here when I was seven years old and when in the 80s and 90s like maybe the 90s when I went back to the UK I was a bit embarrassed about being from Fungerola because it was a bit cheesy and a bit run down and everything and I've been really proud in the last say 10 or 15 years because it has turned around and all these streets here they never used to be paved over they used to be full of cars and traffic and now they're full of tapas bars and people enjoying yeah. themselves and you know I just hope that it doesn't sort of you know turn the other way again now that fewer people are coming I, uh, I mean the thing about Fuengarola is um, compared to down further where I am this is a Spanish working town as well so I think actually it's those towns that have probably got more chance of, of surviving than places that are a little bit more touristy so you know I'd, I'd hope for somewhere like Fuengarola actually you know it, things okay they are going to be here businesses are going to be here as we've seen but you'd like to think the Spanish working towns where people do really live are probably ones that will, will work, survive. Yeah, hopefully. And it, it feels very Spanish here at the moment. I know that sounds stupid yeah. because we are in Spain, but because there's no there's no pasty people, you know. There's no... <laughs> well, apart from me, because I only arrived two days ago. You've got a wonderful car. I've got, I've, I've got a, an advantage of the tan from my Indian Fijian dad. But, um, yeah, there's, it, it, you know, even looking at the beach, everyone's brown-skinned. I know that sounds so obvious and maybe like even a bit offensive in a way to people without the tan but you, you, you know that the color of the beach is different does that make sense <laughs> no I, I yeah I hear you there are more more you know locals that are around and about I mean well look are, are British people going to come here now for, for the next few weeks I don't know I mean I was one of those people that was on the flight as the two-week quarantine was announced I was 36,000 feet in the air and um, the news came through on my phone because I, I did decide to sign up to the onboard Wi-Fi and I just was kind of telling my family around me look this, this is going on and we were of the attitude of like well do you know what what can you do about now nothing we're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, and I was here to film a TV show, A Place in the Sun, and we were due to start filming on Monday. The quarantine wouldn't have been an issue. It was the fact that the government enforced the um, advice against any non-essential travel to Spain, which then obviously means that you're not insured if you fly out from the UK. I think for myself, I'm okay because I'm here now, so my insurance is, is there. Um, but effectively, you know, I was here until the 4th of September. I paid for my kids to go to uh, a summer camp school. I'd actually rented another apartment for other family members that were coming out later on in August. Well, that's now not needed and I've lost money there. Um, and, you know, the bummer of it always, I'm not working now. I'm not earning. I didn't, unlike you, where you were like, right, I'm going to come out here for the summer. And do you know what? Great, great. Anybody that, because I, I, I have had a few comments from people saying, well, you know, irresponsible, why did you travel? You should have known. Well, no, I didn't know when I travelled. And actually, 
I also do think that this lockdown for so many people in the UK, wherever you are, has been mentally tough, you know, and people need to feel that they've got a bit of a holiday. So should you be punished because, or should people think bad of you because you got out here before, or you decided to take a holiday? No, you know, this situation is individual to everybody. You don't know people's circumstances. You can get this virus anywhere, wherever you are in the world. And as long as you if, keep yourself safe, then what more can, can you do? And you're feeling you're keeping yourself safe mentally. Because you, you know, you need to feel good, you need to feel the sunshine. You, your kids don't want to be cooped up, they want to get out, they want to swim, they want to do... So, and I also feel that I'm a massive advocate of travel, obviously, it's what I do for my job, it's what you do for yours. The world does need to keep moving. And if, because if it doesn't, look what's going to happen. Things are going to shut, business is going to close, the economy is going to just, so. Uh. Yeah, like those in the tapas bar behind you, those nice guys that I met that night, really excited about, you know, doing their gourmet tapas. You know, what are they doing now? I don't know what their future is going to be. And I think you're absolutely right. I, that's my attitude. As long as you're keeping yourself safe, which by keeping yourself safe is keeping other people safe, and just stick to the local laws, yeah. it's okay. But now, this is going to go out two weeks from today, because I've already got Ian Dale scheduled in. I've got Ian Dale, Lloyd Grossman, Lem Cisse, and uh, Justin Sumper all scheduled, all recorded in the bag. So, but I'm going to put you out first, because this is current, and we are here in Spain, and it's quite exciting exciting, worrying, concerning time for travel. You and I met on Channel 5 <laughs> News did. yesterday um, over the TV and um, where we were both talking about the quarantine and the uh, Foreign Office advice changing. Um, it's quite interesting though, isn't it? I mean, you have no choice because you were on the plane, but I, it takes a brave person. I mean, I'm kind of from here in Spain. It's a home. You know, I grew up here. So I possibly would come. I'd have people still come. I'd have people in my life telling me not to because it takes it's quite a big deal to go to a country when the foreign office you know says big no. government yeah. authority says don't go there but currently I, I know I've said about the insurance um, currently if you have got the e, E111 card I think you, you have got access to healthcare I know that, like, I'm not, I can't say you know come 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 I don't want to but my husband's an insurance broker so you know we've got insurance but I mean uh, there are people on our urbanization where our place is that they decided to fly on Sunday and I've had the conversation with them you know they said do you think we were responsible for coming out here and doing this and, and I'm like well no you did what you felt was right for you and your family I mean I have been I'm gonna be honest I have been slightly nervous about things that I've posted on my social media because I have thought oh no are people going to judge me I'm gonna, you know I posted a photo of my family and I leaving Heathrow Airport with myself and my husband with masks on and my children who are five and six didn't have masks on because the they're not legally required to that doesn't make me an irresponsible person because my children weren't wearing masks my children have both said to me mummy we cannot breathe with this on and you know, if the government guideline is that you don't, they don't need to wear a mask. Fly, that's why. And you know, five got, and six, I, got, I wouldn't worry about that. They don't. I have had to. people commenting, and I, I must admit, you know, I've had other people, as I said, saying to me, "Oh, irresponsible! You shouldn't have gone. Why did you go?" And I, I, I sort of think, well, you know, do I have to justify it that I say that I was actually coming out here to work? 
sh- I just social media is great, but it's bad, isn't it? You know, you shouldn't judge people. I'm only doing what I feel is best for me and my family. I was in a situation. Ha- would I? Would I not have travelled had I not have known that? If I'd have known this was going to happen, would I have got that on that plane? Probably not. But not because I didn't want a holiday. Because I need to work, and I came out here for work, so I, I probably wouldn't have come out for that reason. Because let's face it, you know, around Portobello's, it's quite expensive to, to go out around there. And bring in mind, I haven't worked really since March. I can't really afford to come out here and live the lifestyle on holiday right now. Um, so I probably wouldn't have come. But if you are desperate to have a holiday and you know you've got what about people that have got homes here that it's 400,000 British that, people yeah, that have homes here have homes here and haven't been able to come to them and they might be in disrepair you know that, that everybody's situation is individual to them and you have to make your decision to do what you do for what's right for you and you, you can't think about anybody else and I know that might sound irresponsible but, but you know no I don't think I'm it's just, irresponsible I, and I think that you have naturally because you're in the public and you know people do get very judgmental these days and very verbal as well people really don't care about insulting each other online people do comment and I would never do that but people seem the cloak of anonymity yeah. I can't even yeah. say it but you can hide behind uh, you know a faceless um, profile on the internet can't you but we better get on to your travels and you're absolutely right about health insurance if you're here you have the EHIC which is the E-hick. it's not the E111 right. anymore it's oh. the yeah the European health insurance card okay. so luckily until now January <laughs> Leaving the EU yeah. is a whole other ball game, but um, until January, we are still covered health-wise, so there is that. We'll get out um, here before then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, you mentioned, oh, I don't know whether to, to start with travel or property, but you mentioned about people having homes here, and I have a home here, and I always seem to feel I have to justify that because it makes me seem like the media elite that people sort of already seem to be going on, but I'm not. I grew up here. And also, I know, I know houses here selling for like 40 grand at the moment. They really are. But this is all part of who of, of your job, so yeah. And, and you know what I will say, uh, if we're talking about a place in the sun, place in the sun has absolutely soared, like boomed in lockdown because it's been the escapism. The you know people want to watch it and feel good, and and the show has done incredibly well. And it's the new series start is on right now, um, forty brand new episodes, which is why Channel Four and the production company have obviously put implemented. You know procedures to make sure everyone's safe and the, the, sh- the format of the show's changed. Well, I'd like to, I know it's changed because they told me it's changed. I haven't experienced the change yet, um, but hopefully I will. Um, but that's why we wanted to kind of get filming again. And, and interestingly, they did a survey with Camelot, and the number one thing that people said they would do following a win or any money that they they came into was to buy a holiday home i think initially it was abroad i hope that's still the case but i think i'm I'm hopeful that people will want to buy property abroad and they'll want it to be theirs knowing that no one else is going that's not to say that hotels aren't going to obviously be you know making sure people are safe but i think there may well be a in people wanting to buy their own homes abroad and as you say there are still amazing properties amazing prices to to be had so let's keep positive and the people on a place in the sun I I get the impression I don't know if there's any surveys or anything done about this I I get the impression the people on a place in the sun 
are ordinary working class people that have done well or worked hard or saved you know they've come to a point where they in their in their life where they want to yeah they've done all right they're aspirational yeah exactly the people that watch and the people that buy the property nobody's some you know sort of rich person with no. lots of money they're all they're all thinking you know done okay maybe done it okay you know work my way up in business or property or work back in the UK and then they can buy here so it's not it's it is more aspirational rather than sort of already established people exactly you know it yeah. really does and, and you've hit the nail on the head because if you look at the way the show is formatted um, people do often say oh why can't you have people on with bigger budgets or whatever well, budgets can range for anything from between I mean I had a budget um, it was like £29,000 and I was filming cave houses um, around uh, Guadix and um, yeah, that was incredible you know did like a show there with these two young guys but we've had budgets from like that price up to we have done slightly higher budgets but I'd say the majority of the shows are between sort of 50,000 and 250,000 because we want the audience to think do you know what this is achievable and for the, the bit of take home for the bit of luxury the, the you know the inspiring property is the luxury property that we have on the show that everyone loves to have a nosy around a million pound property and you know I do it's great and so at least the audience gets to see that but it just makes them think well I don't need to afford to be able to afford that actually I can still enjoy the life in that place in that country by having a, a, a property that still is lovely but doesn't cost as much so I love the fact that a 29 grand cave house to a million pound property and this is well I, I will have to have a go at you now because you have stolen my dream job and um, I don't think no I think I'm beyond the point of being offered the job obviously you have the job you have been st stolen my dream job and which kind of brings me on to you know how you got started because you're a you know a, a normal come from a normal working family in Dartford am I right well yeah. actually no you yeah, just told me it was Falconwood yeah. in South East yeah. London yeah. Uh, which is all in a similar sort of area um, and uh, how did how did you come to steal my perfect job <laughs> so oh wow I, I, um, I started in television working in TV when I was 18 years old so I always had this thing about wanting to work in the media I didn't know my, my dad was a, a drummer my dad was uh, Uncle Bulgaria in the Wombles actually no seriously yeah, yeah. was he yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah so I didn't my, find that on Wikipedia <laughs> no well my, my dad had this musical background so I, I kind of grew up with a, a bit of a I'm show still, my mind is still totally blown by you that you were expecting really. that when we met for coffee in uh, the Constitution in Frangarola where are you that's amazing. Um, so um, my dad had this kind of like showbiz background, I suppose. My mum worked in a school. And so as I grew up, I kind of always thought, oh, like one day I'd love to kind of get into uh, the church bell. Um, one day I'd love to try and get into the media. Um, and I thought I wanted to get into presenting. And um, basically I did my A-levels. And when I was 18, I incredibly got a job at Channel 4 as a runner. So I was making teas and coffees for um, Demo. O'Leary, who is an amazing guy, um, loads, of, loads of shows that I worked on, and I worked behind the scenes for four years, but when I was 19, I decided to buy my first property, so I 
again had this thing I've always said I had old head on young shoulders like as a 16 year old so I, I, I saved £5,000 and I bought my first property at 19 and then three months and I was still working behind the scenes in TV three months after I bought that property I got made redundant I was working at a shopping channel and um, I got made redundant and thought what am I going to do now so I, I've always some, been somebody that I'm like right let's think quickly let's let's turn a, turn a negative into a positive um, it's happened for a reason so let's turn it around and so I ended up moving back home with my mum and dad I mean I was 19 and I let it out and so the, the money that I was getting from the rent was covering the mortgage and a little bit more I mean obviously this was I'm, I'm 38 now so 19 it's quite a while ago um, but I moved back home and then that enabled me to save again start saving and that was how I ended up kind of falling into property so I carried on working behind the scenes in TV when I was 21 I got a break on kids telly so I was kids TV presenter I've always been very happy smiley and one of those annoying people that you see in the morning I'm definitely a morning person um, that you know I, I got this kids TV presenting job and I ended up being kids TV presenter I think for three or four years then I took part in Dancing on Ice in 2011 which was a real kind of game changer for me because a year before that I'd met the team for A Place in the Sun and they weren't filming the show at that time because of the recession and a lack of people wanting to buy properties abroad and um, so I'd met them, I took part in Dancing on Ice and I made it quite clear to like people that I was working with that I was ready to try and make that move away from kids telly as much as I loved it I was ready to move on and I just was like, it's so much of it is luck, right place right time but I managed to somehow merge my, well it made sense, my property experience because by that time I'd, I'd bought and renovated eight houses um, I'd managed to merge that with my TV presenting and not that I knew loads about property abroad but we had a family home abroad um, and then merged the two together and joined A Place in the Sun and then along the way whilst I've been doing A Place in the Sun I've obviously done quite a few other little bits and pieces in between from the jump got married, had two kids um, present Fort Boyard on ITV and then three, four years ago bought a coffee shop, restaurant and deli became a postmistress and um, did that for the community and um, yeah so I have this other business on the side but I think is that still going yeah where is it it's in Purley which is where I live um, Purley so, like Corydon sort of area yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um, that's where my husband was from and when I met him he said he'd never live anywhere else <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I ended up moving from from Kent to Surrey but um, to be fair it's only about half an hour drive isn't <laughs> exactly. it as far as I can see it's exactly a, I know you that's really traveling but yeah so again that that was an attitude that I took when lockdown happened and it was like right coffee shops and restaurants have all got to close within 24 hours I was like right let's flip it let's turn it into the village shop let's start delivering out to the community let's help the elderly those in need that can't get to have an online shop can't um, can't get to the supermarket we're going to help them and I was more interested and I, I obviously you know we need we need the business to, to keep going and, and need to make money but at that time I was like look if 
we don't make money as long as we can just break even and tick over all I care about is helping those in the community keeping our staff employed from a mental health you know point of view as well um, and keeping occupied like, I'm a busy person and as you can probably tell I live my life at a million miles an hour I'm, I'm here now not working but working um, <laughs> luckily I'm not paying you so, uh, but I will buy the coffee no. which is about a euro so uh, yeah. I'll go that no, far no but you know what I mean like I could have I could be sat here kind of going actually I'm going to turn this into a holiday and I'm not going to get you wrong I'm going to go home go go back after this and I will switch off and, and lay around the pool for a few hours whilst my kids are enjoying their summer, summer camp school but um, I, what I will say is anybody that look, would look at me on social media and go oh your life's on big holiday you know you travel you do this and that, that's where I think I want to sort of change a little bit because I work I work hard and you know even when we film a place in the sun it isn't a holiday we're, we're actually doing a job where we're helping okay we're in the sunshine and I am forever grateful for that you know I love getting to see other places and love being in the heat um, but we do work and yeah, you all know really that actually travelling yeah. with your family I, I think travel for kids in particular is so important you know I my children obviously aren't fluent in Spanish probably like you know yours yours are probably not, not, not at all more, they can order drinks and that's it it's really embarrassing but I think you know the fact that tra travelling is something that anyone that has kids you should do like it, it helps build their confidence you know meeting other cultures like tasting other cuisines hearing new languages and so I am um, yeah I mean that, that's that's also why I just think I don't I don't want to stop travel I want to keep going like we need to keep we need to keep going I think you one of the one of the problems is, is not such a main problems in it because you're blonde and attractive and bubbly you probably people just assume that you, you're having an easy ride of it but it sounds I know why you've got the job now that I haven't it's because you're you're clever you're in the ball and you're, you're turning you know you're always finding ways of of making you know trying to turn things around oh, I mean, honestly almost a ducker and diver maybe yeah I mean I look, I am I'm entrepreneurial like I am That's I have right. I have a business and um, at one point we had 27 staff at our coffee shop we now have 16 um, and that's purely because some people decided to leave in lockdown and they want it because I think a lot, this situation has made people rethink you know change career but you know we do still have 16 staff and that business is running I mean for me it was like oh my word I'm having to leave that behind and come and do this so like that's something that's still there in the background yeah, that I have you've to got deal stuck with. in Spain here without work so you're paying for all this stuff without and you're self-employed you know and, yeah and uh, and you've, you've left the coffee shop which is yeah. now turned into the village store and it's back now as a coffee shop so we, you know we're, we're serving takeaways and you know um, outside our outside space is open but I yeah I am I have to keep get, like going like mentally I'm a workaholic I'm I love an entrepreneur. the fact that you've, you've done it like I walk past the businesses all the time and think I don't know why because I have no skills in many of these areas but I walk past things and what would I do with that empty locale as we call it in Spain I always use the word locale I don't even know if that was a what do you call it like a shop like a, yeah, an like empty a, space an like empty yeah, commercial, commercial unit, unit or whatever yeah for some reason I get confused with the Spanish and the English just for a few things but there's one down the port here and I think should I you know should I open a little coffee shop I mean I, I literally have burnt the kitchen down three times when boiling a kettle 
kettle. I now don't have a kettle. I actually burnt a pan of water the other day when I uh, was making myself a coffee. I am not the person to open a coffee shop. No, but you say that. I, if you'd have asked me four years ago, would we own a coffee shop? I became a postmistress. I, the, the local post office was closing down and, and I thought, you know what, let's integrate a post office within a coffee shop and let's make it a community place. Okay, the, 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 after a year of having the post office, it didn't, unfortunately, that side of the business didn't work. And I had to say, right, do you know what, commercially, that's not viable, let's close it down. Then, I, so I went from being like the local, oh yeah, she's brought the post office back. Amazing, amazing, amazing to then, oh, now she's closing it again. For the local hero to, oh, she never wanted to have the post office in the first place. Of course I did. I tried. It didn't work, but it lost money. And, you know, in business, you can't lose, you can't survive. Okay, if you can break even, that's one thing, but you can't run a business that's going to lose 12 grand a year. So we had to close it, and I had to make that decision. And, okay, some people didn't like it, but I think you just have to accept that, don't you? Whether you post things on social media, whether you're running a business whether you're doing not everyone is going to like you and so you know if 80% of people like what you do then amazing but you're always going to get people that, that don't and as long as you're doing what you feel is the best thing to do you can't do any more than that. Um, you know, I am lucky that I've got an amazing supportive family that my husband thinks sometimes that I'm an absolute crazy person. Like when I say to him, oh, I'm going to be a postmistress, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He's like, all right. And also so, he, he literally is an insurance salesman. That's like one of the uh, one of the most straight up well, jobs you can do, right? Well, when I did At least the, risk, I'd risk had, the job. Uh, exactly. Well, when I had um, Rocco, my son Rocco, who's now six, I unfortunately, Fortunately, after being in labour for five hours, I found out that he was breached and I wasn't going to be having him naturally, so I was going to have to have an emergency cesarean. So, you know, having gone along thinking, oh yeah, it's all going to plan, it's all lovely, and then being told, right, now you've got to have an emergency cesarean, I was like, oh, great, thanks. So, into the theatre, out comes Rocco. Two weeks later, I get a phone call from Channel 4 saying, do you want to come and take part in the jump, the ski show, the jump? And I went, yeah, but I've just had a cesarean section, and they were like, but I've skied since I was a kid, right? So I knew that I'd be okay on the ski front. And they said, well, look, if, if, you, if we look after you and you pass a medical, and would you do it? Now, I'm like, yeah, throw it up. My problem is, do you know what my problem is? I can't say no. I always find it difficult. Whether it's, you know, a charity campaign or even if I don't have the time for it, I'm like, I'm like I'll find time. I just want to help. I just want to do this. I, and so, yeah, I, I do find it very difficult to say no. So and you, I, were, you were skiing yeah, on the jump yeah. how many weeks post C-section? I was skiing three weeks after Seriously? But my hat, so Alex said to me, he was like, you'll never get insured. And I went, if I pass the medical... That, that's his main concern. It's not like you might fall over, <laughs> yeah. first your scars, whatever. Right? You'll, you'll never he get went, insured. You'll never get insured. And I went, okay, well, if I pass the medical... And he went, Laura, like, you're in... You're like, why? And I'm like, but again, like I'm a workaholic and I could take Rocco with me and you know, I love my kids. Like I would never, obviously, like they're my number one priority. Um, but I was like, look, I, I, I want to try, try and do it. Let's try and make it work. So, God, I tell you what, my husband's parents are probably like, couldn't you just, mar- <laughs> just marry somebody that just... Nice, normal <laughs> girl. That's 
that's what he thought he was getting. A nice girl from Southeast London, Ken, you know. And then, yeah, instead I'm like, yeah, let's do this, let's go. But, so have you travelled from an early age? Um, I grew up, um, yeah, I, you know, I grew up with my mum and dad had a, a timeshare in Tenerife, actually. So we used to go there and, you know, we'd been to Florida and travelled a, a bit um, in Europe. But then when I was, I think I must have been about 13, 12, 13, my parents decided to get a caravan and go camping and caravanning. And I think a bit like you saying, oh, you know, when you, you grew up in Fringa and you're like I'm going to Fingarola. It was it just wasn't cool. Well, that was me with the caravan. At 13, like, yeah. Nobody wants to be going oh off in a caravan word, like, at 13 with do, their parents, do they? Do I have to tell my friends at school that my mum and dad have got a caravan? Like, really? You know, they're gonna, I'm, I'm never going to live this down. So a, a static caravan or one that no, moves around? No, like a touring caravan. It sounds great to me now. Well, yeah. yeah. 13, it's like not cool. So my mum and dad were like, "Yep, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna explore the UK." And then we'll see where it takes us. And I, I was, I was going to like slate mines in in Wales, and you know, like it was educational now. And I look back on it and think, wow, like my mum and dad took me to the Cadbury's chocolate factory in Birmingham, you know, like all great things. Sorry, the slate mine reminds me of. Uh, you'll be able to relate to this. A Peppa Pig when they go yeah. to like the concrete park or Mr. Exactly. Potato Land or something. <laughs> so we were going to like these places, and you know, I had friends that would go back to school, and go, oh, yeah, we, we were in Lanzarote over half term and I'd be like yeah I was in a slate mine in Wales but my mum and dad were like look you've explored the UK then we started exploring France and going to some really cool campsites um, in the south of France and last year so I grew up doing that and then I think when I was 16 17 I'd said to my mum and dad okay like I want to start now going away with friends and had a boyfriend at the time whose parents had a friend a house in Portugal so I, I would go there and that was where things then started to you know I got my independence and I was like love of travel I went to New York with him I went to Portugal I got around the world ticket um, when I was at, like early 20s and traveled with a friend and yeah, just just love seeing different places. Uh, but I I always thought, oh, I'll never camp again. I'll never, you know, especially like my husband, it's not his thing. But last year when I was filming a place in the sun in France, I I said, you know what? My my children would love to go to some French campsites, and so I'm going to be filming. Let's make this the best possible experience for them, and we'll stay on on campsites. So we didn't stay in a tent. We didn't stay in a caravan. I looked into getting one of the mobile, um, uh, what are they called, like the RVs that you travel around in, but it just wasn't feasible because obviously I have to drive to location every day and we needed a base. So we decided to rent one of the little cabins on the campsite and um, I, I wouldn't say it was roughing it, but you know, we didn't have air conditioning. I was sleeping on a mezzanine, like bunk, on a bunk bed on the floor whilst I was filming. So every day when I was leaving for location, I think everyone on the campsite probably thought, what on earth is this girl doing like glamming up every day <laughs> and then driving and then coming back but, leaving her husband's yeah. kids all day no Alex wasn't there my husband wasn't oh, there right. so I had I had um, a friend that was helping look after the children for me Alex was back home working and he went don't ever ask me to go camping with you because I'm, that's oh, never going to happen he wouldn't go no he wouldn't go 
so I had, had probably a friend don't get me. great camping insurance I don't know <laughs> probably not yeah but the children had the most amazing time you know my son it's, I think it's the, the freedom the independence on the campsite you know Rocco was off fishing with a friend on in the lake and so they, they, they loved it they loved it that sounds amazing I think this is a terribly middle class problem which is funny I am someone from a you know a not such a middle class background well you know we've grown grown more middle class as the generations and years have gone on but um, one of the perils of having bought a house in Spain is that we only come here for our holidays at the moment although I get to travel a little bit on my own through work it's I love coming here all the time because we know people we've got friends you know we do the same stuff and it's really exciting it's just so lovely it's warm warm lovely feeling but equally I'm not taking the kids to France you know Italy Greece but you know there's time for that yeah and I, I, I sort of think you know you've got your home here and at, well let's hope in the future at a moment's notice you'll just be able to nip over for the weekend and you can come here for extended periods of time as you do and I, I think it's great to have a home in the sun and we we do I mean I do get to go to other places we do try as a family to still have a holiday somewhere else um, although that does sound you know a bit luxurious sometimes when you've got a holiday home um, but you love it here I love it here you know it's familiar and the kids love that there's safety thing and they've got their friends here and I know Rocco and Talia they will this afternoon come back from their little summer camp and there are kids around the pool that they have seen year upon year upon year and you know okay they're only five and six but they've known my children these other children that are a little bit older since they were like two three and I just think that's that's so nice they've got their like holiday home friends and that's funny isn't it when you're when you're a kid and you're growing up with your parents and you're cringing at going back to the same places or the campsites or you know the, the slate mine yeah it does sound fascinating um, later on when you have your own family there is something and which ties us in back nicely to you know the exact work you do um, is there is something lovely whether you're, you've got your own place there or you're going to the same hotel or something there is something lovely about going back to the same place yeah. isn't uh, yeah. Not all travel has to be like slinging on a backpack and going through Nepal. No, it doesn't. And actually, I I planned to come here until September. That was the plan. And who knows, things, you know, might change, might end up somewhere else. I don't know what's going to happen with my work right now. Um, I don't know what the situation is going to be in the next few weeks with the quarantine in the UK and returning from Spain. You just don't know. <laughs> I see you, oh, Laura's been spotted. Yeah, go on, take oh, a selfie. Go on. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Do you want me to do it for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do it. Hang on, here we go. Do you think you were incognito or what? Do we have to put this on, though? Oh, yeah, maybe, but a mask on. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be irresponsible. There we go. Are you working at the moment, no? We're supposed to be. We were supposed to be filming on Monday, yeah. So we'll put it on the internet. Smile. Wow. I'm a, I'm a travel expert on TV and radio, so not, um, no. I, I get recognised sometimes, but probably not as much as Laura. We, we were on Channel 5 News together yeah. last night, so... Uh, right, right. Yeah, I was just in the middle of doing an interview, so we should get back on it. Can I have a photo? Uh, uh, no, no, you don't have to. Don't feel obliged. Do you want me to I'm Lisa, Lisa Francesca Merns. <laughs> 
How funny. There you go. <laughs> yeah. so recognise for every... His wife's over there filming it as well. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's certain parts of Spain, yeah. yeah. I think people often will look at me and go, I know you're from somewhere, but I don't know where, but it's, yeah, it, it does It does happen occasionally. I, do you know, I think when people do stop you and say, oh, can I have a photo or can we have a chat? I think that's so lovely because it's just like, that just makes me think, oh, people do watch the show, they love it. And rather than people just looking at you and going, like staring, makes you that makes you paranoid. Then you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know. So um, no, it's nice when people stop you and have you photos. Seems like a fitting way to start wrapping it up. But are there any like travel stories that you think I've missed? I mean, obviously there's so many. Oh gosh, I mean, through my my experiences of travel, there there are tons of stories. But you know, I, I look back and I actually some of the things I think myself in some pretty crazy uh, situations. I was in Egypt um, with a boyfriend in my early 20s and we went to a place called Tabba and he got an ear infection so we couldn't travel home. So we decided that we would um, go to see the pyramids. And, but in order, at the time, in order to go to pyramids, we didn't have the correct visa. So we had to go to the border and get our passport stamped in order to get the correct visa. And so we just met a local guy who took us to the border, took our passports from us, and we got the visa. But you know when you look back and go, oh my word, like, if my mum and dad, if my kids did that now, got in a car, I mean, it was a local guy that had got recommended, but he did it, he drove us, so they drove us to the border, they took our passports, they, we got our visas, then he drove us the following day for seven hours to the pyramids. We had dinner with his family, in their family, in their apartment in Cairo. They couldn't speak a word of English. My boyfriend and I were sat there going, like, what on earth like, are we doing? But we went to the pyramids, we galloped on horses around the pyramids. It was the most incredible. He took us to like markets where, you know, British people don't go, and he just said, make sure you've got a wedding a wedding ring on your finger and you hold hands and you cover up and insane experience um, but I look back and go was that slightly irresponsible um, that's quite funny because I've done the exact same thing from Tabba to the border with a guy that we didn't know they took our passports for an hour because we were go- we were coming on the, uh, I was coming on a yacht in the Red Sea got off at Tabba spent a, a little while there and then they had our they had our passports got into this car to get to Man- uh, not to go to the pyramids unfortunately I've never been to the pyramids but to drive back to the Israeli border um, and then travel through there however it was really scary you know it was really we were going through the sort of desert at night and the guy had all this music blaring and you think what are we doing here it, it felt really quite edgy um, and yeah. then it was all fine you know a bit yeah. like with you but yeah go on you were going to tell me another story well I did um, I went on another trip uh, well I got first of all I got stuck in um, Sri Lanka during the ash cloud um, so made the best of it and flew to the Maldives 
<laughs> and had a, a nice little trip to the Maldives. But I was travelling Sri Lanka and um, prior to this, and again, one of the most funny experiences. They um, they sold us this the the I think we were staying in like a hostel in Sri Lanka. They sold us this package where you would go on a spa day around like the Golden Triangle, you know, Anurathapura, Kandy, um, Sigiriya, all around there. So I I did this trip and um, with a boyfriend and went to we got taken to this little spa retreat and one of the I lo- I kind of, I look back at it now and I I laugh so much that um, they said right okay one of the treatments of the massages you get in this um, this like steamer and it was like a coffin right he got in this this thing like this capsule and I was like I can't do that I just can't do it he got he got in there and um, when he came out he went Nora there were cockroaches in there it's like something from I'm a celebrity get me out of here I mean like honestly I was like we laughed about it so much I was just I was like what how what was relaxing about that treatment at all like you know I think you know what it cost us like such a minimal amount of money but we just it was hilarious um, I love the fact that like as British people you're kind of like you, you just want to go along with it a bit like when you went to dinner with the guy's house and you think probably might want to go to a restaurant here but you you just you're too embarrassed to say I want to get out of this cockroach ridden oh coffin right yeah, now this like, is I not cannot, much fun. I cannot do that yeah you know, I've travelled Thailand I got the Thai tattoo where I got off a scooter on the wrong side oh, and, yeah, and burned yeah. my leg on the exhaust pipe and um, then went jungle trekking on, on rafts through through uh, Chiang Mai and um, yeah I mean my travel stories are kind of I could go on and on and about it but it's that's why travel is, is so important it means you know so much to me I feel like you know my experience is my adventures it helps you grow as a person and I think that my children growing up the life that they've had traveling with me whilst I've been so lucky to bring them with me whilst I'm working I've instilled that sense of adventure in them too and you know my mum always says to me oh you know you'll live to regret it though because they might well end up wanting to live in a country far away and not to be close to you and I'm like you know what if that's what they choose to do that's what they've got to do the world's a big place and ultimately they have to be at home where they feel suits them most and you know I, I want to be close to them but if they said to me mom we're going to go and live in Australia we're going to live you know in Spain we're going to live wherever I'm like go do it go do it go have fun and explore well I, I um, you know children have a habit of surprising us and sometimes they rebel they might like get married at 18 to an uh, insurance guy yeah. and stay in the same place <laughs> for the rest of their lives I'm going to ask you my last question now my last question is always about music because I think the music and travel very much go hand in hand um, so I'm going to have to ask you to choose one song if you had to choose one song that reminds you of a special or memorable doesn't have to be special um, moment time and place of travel okay. what is that song and what was going on again a, a really difficult question to ask because I, I, I'm so with you on that I think there are songs that you hear on your travels that will when you hear them again they'll always take you back to that time and there's a song when I was driving straight in Australia uh, Leo Sayer's song um, and I can't think of it Thunder in my heart. Thunder in my heart. There you go. Thunder in my heart. That song will always take me back to um, 
I was driving in Australia with one of my best friends, Nikki, when we were on our round the world trip, and um, driving between Cairns, somewhere on the on the way to Cairns, and it just takes me back there. I can visualise. We, we had a mini. We hired this this mini, and yeah, it was, it's amazing. I hear it now, and I'm there. It's a great song. <laughs> that sounds like the most amazing trip, and I could talk to you forever. But um, I've got to stop somewhere. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the Big Travel Podcast. Thank you. And having planned to be in Spain all summer, Laura and her husband and kids are now in Greece to film there instead. Such is travel and work in the time of Corona. Thank you so much for listening. Next week we will have the brilliant poet Lem Cisse.